Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Welcome to another drop of Digital Voices. We continue on our theme, sort of global theme and international thinking and learning. And we're going to really talk a lot about spurring innovation today and transformation. And before we get there, Megan, how do you personally take ideas to reality? Have you ever like had an idea and then make it happen? Yeah, I'm a planner. So when I've got an idea, I like to kind of look at the big picture and create steps to get there and get it done. I will say sometimes that does get in the way I overthink things or I might spend too long in that planning phase. So sometimes I just jump right in too. So I guess it just depends on yeah. on what I'm trying to bring to reality, but both work for me. Awesome. Yeah. So I had Ali and I are going to talk a little bit about that today and probably both types of uh, sometimes she's jumping right in and sometimes being a planner, but never over planning. We'll get into that as we get going. But the head, we met pretty much virtually. So we just had this virtual relationship over the last couple of years because you're prolific on social media. You have a lot of great ideas. You're all about digital transformation. You've won all sorts of awards, been recognized by everyone, you know, the who's who, whether it's uh, Forbes or Hymns or Future 50, all the different accolades one could possibly have. So I really appreciate you being our guest, and and I know we'll get into a little bit, but I don't want to give away too much, but I know we share a lot more than just our passion around digital health, but also we both like to hike and and, uh, climb and and stay close to nature. So welcome to uh, Digital Voices. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. And uh, it's it's really uh, my pleasure to be here with you, just speaking with you. And uh, actually, we have uh, physically met, and uh, while we were there at Kims 22, we came across, but uh, somehow you asked in a session, and I just uh, stopped, listened to you, and uh, then I, I just went away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be, we'll be more intentional this time, next time you come out. Yeah. I would love to visit uh, Pakistan, and as you know, my I have family in North India close to the border, and we can certainly yeah. have plenty of mountains for us to climb together there. No, it's, it's really a great place to visit and it's, uh, it has a lot of natural beauties and uh, you can compare it uh, with the best places in the world. And uh, usually what you see is it, it's not pretty safe, but it's, it's very safe. People are very good, very humble, very hospitable. And you have been to India many times and uh, it's the same culture over here, actually. No, beautiful people. You know, I, I understand. It, the world is dangerous everywhere. I always tell people, uh, you don't have to look beyond the United States to uh, find danger. So, But that's really not the point of today, but it's kind of a fun topic. Listen, everyone wants to know what's on your playlist. So, you know, we always ask people, you know, get to know them a little bit. What kind of songs do they like to listen to? So basically, uh, I usually uh, love to listen what what can be soothing. So for that purpose, I, I love to hear uh, Yanni, Kenny G, Kitaro. So it's, it's all uh, like more about uh, like instrumental music. It's not uh, no voices at all. Yeah. So this is what I love. Is there a Pakistan artist that I should look up? Just I'm just curious, you know, because I don't I don't know that I have any uh, Pakistan artists. Yeah. So one of the best person uh, who is considered to be a top rated in 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 his voice, and uh, his voice has uh, beaten many AI algorithms as well. So his name is Nusrat Fateri Khan. Well, we'll put that in the notes. 
so people can look that yeah. up. I love international music. You know, obviously I got into Bollywood because my wife, you know, but I need to add some Pakistan music to my playlist. I, I, I'm sure actually my wife probably listens to quite a bit because, you know, so close. But anyways, that's cool. What about a life passion or mission, you know, that you have, you know, is there something that sort of drives you in, in everything that you do? My passion has been really providing because uh, we see a lot of ailments, a lot of problems uh, around uh, people are not very affording. Uh, if we see healthcare has been more and more uh, complex, when we talk about quality of care, so we always speak more about the cost. So my passion is uh, to bring a model of care where we can provide like the wellness, the care to the large population. So that is affordable, that is equitable, and that is accessible. So this is my passion, and I wanted to see people healthy. That brings me into my comfort zone, actually. I love it. That's great. Tell us a little bit about your story. Obviously, you're a very interesting person from Pakistan. Tell us a little bit about you personally, professionally, whatever you'd like to share. I started my education into medical. I thought I, I should be a doctor. And uh, then I realized that uh, that is a bit boring field. You can't uh, just uh, think out of the box. You can't do many of things. You you just have to grab more and more knowledge. And uh, so uh, because my maths were very good, I'm one of uh, the top uh, guys at that time in mathematics. I scored the highest ever possible numbers in, in mathematics, uh, even in my country and even uh, to some extent in the world as well. So then I went to math. I started uh, studying the computer science. When I graduated, I thought uh, because my logic, the way I, I solved the problems were uh, truly amazing. So I adopted uh, the healthcare IT field uh, from the beginning. So I'm uh, maybe in, uh, out of few of those guys who spent two decades married with healthcare IT. So I did not went into any field, have not worked uh, in any other field. So my passion, my working, all has been into healthcare IT. That's great. And you've been a CIO. I had been a CIO. I had been uh, like consultant. I had been uh, like a program manager or, or uh, leading. I worked with top-notch organizations like uh, uh, World Health Organization, Center for Disease Control. Uh, if you talk about uh, the leading academic medical center like Stanford, Harvard, UCLA, so I worked with all of those organizations. And on, on to other parts, so I had been very active with them. I wrote uh, mobile apps, uh, guidelines. I was part of a, a social determinants of health committee. I was uh, uh, writing uh, some of uh, like uh, uh, parts for uh, uh, HHS on to the innovations. So what innovation HHS uh, should consider for, uh, for them. I was also part of that exam committee and even... Uh, and that wrote uh, Chief Digital Health uh, Transformation Strategies Program. So that's uh, some uh, something pretty important. And we all thought over that. Uh, initially, it was something like uh, organizations were having director's role, director IT, then it graduated to CIO, then CTO, then Chief Digital Officer. But now it's more like uh, these roles have to come up uh, to transform the organizations actually. It's more strategies. Initially, if we see the CFOs, the chief operating officers, they were graduating towards CEO. But now the people who are like deep with the data, who understand the transformation, they would be graduating to CEO. So I think in future, more and more CIOs or VPITs 
would be graduating towards uh, the CEO role. So in order to go to that, adopting that role, I think this certification program by him is uh, is the key learning for our that purpose. You're very well accomplished. And I like what you have to say there that I always believe the same thing, that a CIO and a learned one, which I want to ask you about here in a second, you're giving all sorts of clues how they might become learned and take classes and things like that, should be CEO, right? Because they have understood the fabric of the organization, right? From a tech perspective, tying everything together. And then as a business leader, learning the clinical side, if they don't already have that, they're in a perfect role to become CEO. We've seen a couple, right? And I think that the opportunity is ripe for more to become CEOs. So I'm glad you're all the different things that you're doing, especially with HIMSS, are really making a difference. So how do you keep up? So digital, right? Every day there's something new breaking, something new. And how do you keep up with everything? And it's like the, the physician, I forget the exact stat, but a physician has to keep up with thousands of pages of new material every day in research. And there's no way, right? So how do you do it as a technologist? How do you keep up with everything? There are a couple of ways uh, that I adopt, uh, especially one of the way I I follow a few people and uh, you are one of uh, those people. I listen to the people, what they are doing. And this is one of the best uh, way I acquire the knowledge. And the second way, I put myself into hot waters, basically. I work with those people I try to learn and my way is very agile. It's it's like uh, I'm learning and I'm applying at the same time as well. So this gives me quite a lot of edge and I listen uh, or uh, learn a lot of uh, like uh, from Delight, their, their studies from McKenzie and actually I'm part of uh, those researches and studies uh, with many top organizers. So this gives me a two, a two-sided uh, sword like uh, I learn and I apply the knowledge at the same time. I think that's key, what you just said, because a lot of people don't do the learning. So really important to do the learning, and you just gave a lot of examples how you do it, but then to really make the learning stick and become real, and then adding to the body of knowledge, you apply it like you do. And then you're adding, and then you're sharing, which is what I I really like about you. You know, a lot of people, they don't want to share. And without going down this rabbit hole, I'll just say this, that not everyone is like you and I and other colleagues that we have, you know, that are willing to share because they feel like they need to hold on to it. It's like a competitive advantage. We're like, no, 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 your passion should be like yours to help people in their journey to wellness. And so if you truly believe that, then you want to share everything that you can. And so that's what I appreciate about you. Now, you're pretty darn good when it comes to sharing and, and the use of social media. How did you master social media? And, and how can you share with our audience sort of how you leverage social media, you know, the different uh, tools you use? My way of uh, operating on social media is uh, a bit different. What I do, I write blogs, I write articles, try to put uh, some context of uh, uh, pro- uh, provoke thinking, basically. I try to provoke a thinking pattern into the people who just uh, read uh, those things so that uh, they can get the inspirations and they can also give the feedback of uh, what I'm trying to say so that uh, they they get more involved. And the way when the people are involved, when they are uh, like uh, learning from it, they are commenting on it. So actually, I am just uh, making it more refined. And this is also the way they, they get the knowledge. 
and the other thing uh, that i am doing uh, uh, obviously it's it's also uh, making an impact through social media so every day at least uh, three or four uh, like uh, sometimes cios sometime uh, like uh, a state people and sometime uh, more and more startups so they come to me and they say look man this is uh, something that we have done and we just wanted to share with you and we we wanted to hear from you how we can take it forward every day i try to like answer three to four uh, such uh, requests on social media and i am part of uh, a new chief accelerator and i am part of uh, like as a mentor and advisor and i am part of uh, a mass challenge so we are advising uh, like uh, many many startups actually so right now i'm advising at least 12 different startups so i spend time with them i educate them and it's two way again it's two way i learn from them i share my knowledge uh, because they are the actually they are the change maker basically they they have more knowledge they have the more power to do things and the people like us we have uh, more acumen and we have the actually domain knowledge so this is how we try to marry the knowledge that i have with the skill set they have so that they can come up with something pretty innovative that can change the world and i really feel very accomplished when when i talk to these uh, young guys and they are doing seriously phenomenal job actually you're providing a lot of really good ideas for our audience you know on how to not to remain current but to add value to how to teach others advise others and it it's it, you're right it's symbiotic right you help others and they're helping you and and then you know you create new things and innovations and you you know fulfill the mission of creating health you know wellness and and better healthcare for people we mentioned a couple of times already that you're from uh Pakistan and i i'm always curious you know our audience tends to focus mostly on north america but it's really important to get a broader global viewpoint i'm curious do you see differences in maturity with digital transformation uh, geographically around the world what are the some of those differences if you do if we talk about us because i had been very active in, into the us market and uh, working with all the uh, like uh, top notch players over there with the tech companies as well so the way they see all those problems it's like uh, something uh, pretty inspirational so they get go, receive those inspirations from what they see and if we talk about the emerging world or developing world they see things from different perspective because they, uh, already there are either no systems available or if the systems are available they, they are into a very infancy stage so the processes are not properly in place so they make the models of uh, innovations uh, pretty differently so i think uh, with this covid uh, example so almost every country has done something uh, great if we see india they they uh, with the uh, they they started this uh, telemedicine initiative and in pakistan we started a, a complete model of uh, integrated disease services and that is recognized uh, as one of the best examples in the world by who by world bank by uh, by world economic forum because uh, it uh, pakistan was one of those countries who, who was uh, least uh, impacted by the covid and i went to uh, like many countries even egypt rest of uh, certain african countries then uh, uh, middle east countries so lot of countries who cannot buy those technologies they actually have th- created those technologies by themselves and they have created in a very fast way so that opens up uh, a new paradigm of thinking so if uh, these countries with the low resources can do th- that 
So why uh, this established world cannot uh, like uh, simplify those processes? So it has to be like, uh, I think majority should be linked uh, with the experience actually. How the sim- things can be made simple for the people. So like appointments, like a uh, lot of other things. So I usually uh, correlate uh, healthcare. I try to correlate healthcare industry with two different fields actually. So one is the airline industry. The second one is uh, the banking industry or financial industry. If we compare on different levels uh, with these industries, so all the like uh, booking system for the airlines, even for the hotels, so they are centralized. So why any person cannot have all their medical records on one app, regardless where they are going? And if we see uh, the payment systems, so all the banking systems talk to each other. They have common protocols. You have account in, in one country in, in a bank. And you can simply uh, send money to any, any other country, any any other bank in the world. So why why don't we have this kind of system with healthcare system? So healthcare has been predominantly built in, uh, around the insurance companies and uh, and more and more uh, focus was uh, onto the documentation. So I, I strongly believe the next wave of innovation and uh, making things simple would happen in the developing countries. I agree with you, you know, and we, we've seen that, as you mentioned, in, in other industries and, and sometimes in the developing countries, there's a leapfrog effect that happens. You know, I just think back again, because my familiarity with India, but I suspect it was the same in Pakistan, where when telephony became a big thing, India didn't have the money to pour into the big infrastructure to lay cables, right, for all the telephony, for all the phone lines. Well, you know, a few years later, every, the world moved to mobile. And so India never had to make that expense. They just leapfrogged and went straight to mobile. And everyone, you know, mobile, I remember seeing a quote, you know, more people had access to mobile phones than uh, quality water. So it became that ubiquitous. And yeah, I think you're right. Sometimes out of, you know, when we talk about innovation, it's sometimes out of necessity that innovation is born. And if you're, if you're sometimes, if you have, if you don't have the motivation for innovation, I don't think it develops quite as quickly. I guess we can we can sort of say that. So how do you see the future of uh, you know, sort of integrated care delivery? And we don't need to tackle the globe anymore, but I was just curious, you know, how you saw things from a global perspective. But what's your thoughts on where we're headed? My thinking is healthcare has no borders, actually. Yeah. Any virus, any problem can travel in seconds uh, from one place to any other place. So they, they don't actually even need the humans to travel from one country to another country. These viruses can travel in the air. They have their own media to travel from one place to other place. So now the challenge is quite bigger. So just seeing uh, the landscape of the problems uh, that the world is facing with the increased population, the world has to come together, build a system of integrated care where they can exchange the knowledge, where they can share like... Uh, what genome sequencing they, they are finding, what kind of uh, virus sequencing they are getting, what kind of uh, DNAs they have, and how, how where, where uh, in missing sequence uh, particular virus is uh, attacking. So if we can create that knowledge base, a collaborative knowledge base, that's pretty important. And, uh, and uh, for, uh, to, uh, for that purpose, the people is the best uh, resource. We have to keep people and uh, we have to train them so that they all have the same kind of understanding about the problems, about uh, these uh, biosenses and even uh, viruses, genomes, so that they, uh, they, they can act together uh, 
and uh, and there there is a collaborative research mechanism uh, through which uh, an integrated healthcare delivery can happen around the world. Uh, obviously, this should be an orchestration layer. Can be many system that 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 should be just uh, behind that. One is uh, about telemedicine. You see, uh, there are some kind of uh, stringy regulations in many parts of the world that are not helping uh, in these kind of situations. So we have to get over with those kind of regulatory frameworks in in these uh, special situations. And especially if we see telemedicine, so uh, so our doctor sitting. If if the medical tourism is happening in many countries. Uh, uh especially in turkey even in india even in thailand or uh, some other parts so why a telemedicine cannot happen while the doctor is sitting somewhere else right so we have to like uh, get those kind of uh, regulatory frameworks where where we make sure that these uh, cross border things cross border consultation cross border knowledge sharing uh, could happen uh, in, a, in a real time manner i agree with you as we know it's not a technology issue right that the tech is there I was really delighted. I, I did a startup prior to my current role, and it was a telemedicine platform, telehealth platform, and we had developers in developing countries, and we used our own platform to take care of our own. You know, it probably wasn't authorized from a regulatory point of view amongst the different countries, but we helped save people's lives, our own employees' lives, or their families, and they had access to a clinician and. We used, utilized our remote patient monitoring capabilities, our our visual virtual health, and you know we did a lot of good. And so, and that was just a small sliver, right? What you're talking about on a global perspective, uh, we could really change many millions of lives, you know, by doing that. So I, I love your thinking. If we just see calculate the cost of uh, getting one patient to the hospital, yeah, it's about eighty to ninety dollars in US, actually. Just getting from the home to the hospital and then getting back to the home, it's average four hours. So if, if a person is spending four hours, so what is the cost of uh, economy for a country uh, for that time? So it's huge. So that uh, that thing can happen in five minutes uh, by directly connecting to a doctor. So we have to see, uh, seriously think on uh, uh, changing these paradigms uh, to make things uh, simple uh, for patient experience, actually. Yeah. Well, it solves a whole host of challenges that the world faces today, whether it's, you know, burning fossil fuels or, or what have you, you know, climate change, everything, right? Because you, you can do it from your home and not have to travel and no one else has to travel to that space as well to treat you. There's just a lot of good reasons, right, to, to be able to deploy some of these. So where do you think we're headed in the future? Let's, as we sort of wind down, let's sort of think future orientation. We know that uh, there's a lot of transformation and innovation taking place today. Can you name a couple areas that, that you've seen where we're seeing transformation and innovation and then maybe where are we headed in the future? So future is more about integrated care. Future is more about uh, disease surveillance. Future is more about uh, like... Uh, IoT devices and uh, taking all the diagnostics and taking all the measurements uh, with the patient. So through wearables, through IoT devices. So I think these innovations would happen. And especially now uh, there is a buzzword everywhere in the world that is uh, metaverse. So I think uh, this augmented and virtual reality along with AI and diagnostics, these would uh, play a major role. So I was part of one of uh, the study with McKenzie and uh, 
we worked out uh, a couple of things and uh, it, it was just when uh, the covid has started actually so 70% of the services that were given in the hospitals can be taken out of the hospital so no even uh, initially all the vaccinations are happening in the hospital so no and, and, um, because hospitals are the more viral polluted areas in the world so so if you send the healthy people over there so it's a high probability they they would get some infections so no there is a new problem actually you we are creating uh, by sending the people more and more people to the hospitals also uh, like in these areas so many many innovations uh, like i had been part i won uh, a siemens uh, innovation think tank uh, globally i was the number one winner in that and that was uh, how we can uh, create a model of a hospital at home and it's it's uh, using all the technologies together so it's not matter with the technology the matter is how you apply those technologies to bring an effective model of care delivery this is so rich i want to keep uh, talking for a long time i wish we had a little bit more time but let me ask you this question if you were with the c suite today in the us so north america c suite and that's who's listening to our program that's our audience and you know they're still sort of you know they know they need to do something but maybe they haven't really gone into digital transformation certainly not the transformation or innovations we're talking about right now but they want to and and so maybe you're talking to them or their board what might be a piece of advice that you would leave them with the most important thing in in all that uh, in the current world is uh, bring the innovations to the hospitals keep your people uh, trained the, your people should be like pretty familiar with the design thinking and they they should be involved into 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 the innovations because they have the best knowledge and uh, especially talking about the hospital so just uh, today i was just uh, reading uh, an article so amazon has uh, purchased uh, one of uh, startup uh, for uh, 3.9 billion dollars today so why the hospital cannot do that actually hospitals are are the, like uh, at the cusp of delivery so so if if they are not they are uh, like they act like uh, the consumers of the technologies so i think the cost would be the cost of healthcare would be more and more so they they should be diversifying uh, like uh, their revenue streams and and uh, through the innovations so that is uh, like uh, my key message to them and uh, the second thing uh, the top uh, the c level should focus uh, on to the people development so it's more important and the future challenges we see 90% of the nurses uh, says that they they would not be working in in, in healthcare uh, industry in next 3 years so how, how they can apply the right kind of technologies to solve uh, these kind of uh, workforce challenges how to keep them motivated like uh, how to uh, keep them away from the burnout so this is all uh, like you see if we say uh, just uh, commonly see uh, from the doctor perspective you see people uh, they they would be busy 24 by 7 they have no social life they have no like family life so this is we we have to get over because they are humans and and if if they they are not mentally in good state they cannot give quality of care so this is something i would give the message to all the c level suits that uh, make something about it and, and build a collaborative model where you can exchange uh, knowledge and and don't try to reinvent the wheel 
the the things that some other organization other people have done just try to learn from them and adopt that into your organizations this has been super super informative and i appreciate you sharing all of your wisdom there's so much content that you've just uh shared with us it's just even the final uh section we just spoke about you know what would you tell to c suite you you dropped around six or seven key actions you know that everyone should take and, and i'm dumbfounded as well uh that and i think you know this from from my previous talks and such and my books is like why hasn't healthcare in America, in the U.S., traditional healthcare awakened yet. They're, we're still asleep. And meanwhile, you know, like the Amazon, so that we're recording this in July of 2022, you know, the Amazon acquisition that you referred to today and all the other things that have been happening uh, with payers owning more PCPs than uh, hospitals. It's a new, it's changed. And, but yet uh, many hospitals have been really slow to uh, ad adapt and transform. It's bewildering, but hopefully hearing it from your voice as well and the admonitions that you shared will truly make a difference. Thank you so much for being our guest. It's been wonderful. Yeah, thanks everyone. It's, it's uh, really an honor. It's it's fun for me to, to just speak with you and share my uh, wisdom and knowledge uh, with, with the greater audience. Thank you for providing me this opportunity. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's fabulous. We'll have your contact information in our show notes. And you know your perspectives are very refreshing and reinforcing to what I think uh, some of us already know and just sometimes need a you know, kick in the butt a little bit to get, to get moving. So that concludes our podcast. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you at the next drop. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.